0: Good morning, as worship comes up, I just wanted to read out of Psalm chapter 33 this morning, it is good to be together in the house of the Lord this morning, amen, I can't see with my glasses on, you know the Bible talks a lot about singing, but it also talks about shouting. And dancing and playing on the instruments. In Psalm 33, it says this. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. It is okay to shout. It is okay to shout to the Lord. Amen. Praise befits the upright. Another way of saying that is that praise looks good on you. Praise looks good on you. When you praise God, it looks good on you. Give thanks to the Lord with the leer. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. And I've joked about this before. I have six of them. Lance has the other four. That's ten. Says sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings. We'll try to do that as well. With loud shouts. Why? For the word of the Lord is upright. And all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast Word of the Lord. Listen. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the water of the sea as a heap. He puts the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. God is in control. There has never been a time in all of history that God was up in heaven going, Oh no, what do I do now? Now, now that is something that, that I have said. And, and all of us have thought, like, oh, no, what are we going to do? But God has never been like, oh, no, I can't believe he won the election. Oh, no, I can't believe. Fill in the blank. All the things that, that have vexed you, even this last year. Oh, no, there's a, a virus. Oh, no, there's a vaccine. Oh, no, there's unemployment. He, he never does that. Be, be, because God... Is sovereign. That means that he is all powerful, but he's full of love and grace and mercy. And so when we give him praise, we don't always see it, and honestly, we don't even always believe it. But God is on the throne. He is good. He is good. And he will walk with us through the fire. And in the end, the, the scriptures say that he will save us. He will not just save us from this, this life. He will not just save us from hell. And, and when you put your faith in Christ, he saves you. But, but he, he saves us even from our self. He saves us from our sin. He can save us from our thoughts. He can save us from our worries. Our God saves. So we want to give him praise. And if you're in a spot this morning that you're like, I want to believe that. I'm trying to believe that. Then more that you would worship him. And just say, God, I need you. And, and declare by faith as we sing some of these songs this morning. We want to worship. We want to praise him. It's okay to get excited. You know, maybe Dave will turn up the music lo- louder so we have to shout more. I don't know. But we're going to sing. We're going to sing loud. We're going to We're worship him. Is that good? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to gather together in the house of the Lord God. We pray that you would uh, be glorified and magnified, Father, and, and that um, as we would meet with you, you would meet with us right where we're at. God, that you would come and minister to us, that you would calm our our fears or our concerns. Lord, you would give us uh, hope. God, give us vision because you're not done with us yet. Lord, we, we just thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. a little technical difficulty on this front screen it's been a little slow um we don't know why it's like like behind of what when we click it and so if the words aren't up there just just bear with us as, as, as good as possible we don't know what happened hopefully in fact we'll pray for it Lord, we pray that whatever was happening in this computer this morning causing it to delay lord that that would not be a hindrance for us to worship this morning. Are we in tune? again. i Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah!
0: There's been times in my life that I wanted to see the goodness of God, and I, I wanted to believe that. Circumstances were just clouding me out from seeing Jesus. But the truth always wins that He is good and that He saves. God, we pray to you and cry to you, Hosanna. God, that you would save us. God, we cry out to the the coming King. Come, be our Lord, be our Savior. We need you, Jesus. God, we need you more than anything else that we think we need in this world and in this life, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We need you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The scriptures in James says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God, we thank you that every good thing we have is from you. Reach your neighbor this morning, tell them that you love them or that you want to get to know them more and love them, then. Amen. So I'm now going to make every one of you who met somebody new tell us who you met and something about them. No, I'm just kidding. You know, that's the, that's the quickest way to get people to never greet somebody again. Maybe they're like, no, don't put me on the spot. But, uh, hey, welcome this morning. It's, it's, again, it's so great to, to be together. And if you're visiting this morning, I'm believe it or not, I'm the pastor. Yeah, and I'm Pastor Rob. It's great that you're here visiting uh, this morning and, and if you are visiting or, or have been for a while but haven't filled out a connection card um, we'd love you to do that. It, it helps us to get to, to know you a little bit um, and we can connect with you. Uh, you know, you, We're not going to sell your information but we will actually either call we'll call or send an email and things um, and we can also just uh, keep you updated with what's going on. That's one of the things. It would be good for you to know that a lot of the things that we do here at the Journey Church, we post on our Journey Church uh, facebook page and the journey church group facebook page and the group one is a place where we c- you can even uh, put your own messages to each other it's all for encouragement um, and loving other people in the in the church uh, we don't ex- i don't really ac- accept in uh, people who, who want to become part of the church that aren't somehow connected to us like they're either watching us online or they're they're here Because we don't want it to become a, a place where it's just Random messages and things like that. So it's it's a great place for the family. No trolling, no trolling, right? No trolls. All right, and so but that would be great if you're on Facebook. Um, we're we're working at keeping our up, uh, website updated. We would we could really use someone who'd like to do that um, and just go on and update and put the things in the calendar there too. But uh, so there are some things on the fa- on the on the website, which is thejourneychurchbigbear.com, um, and and on Facebook. And if you for those watching, you know obviously you know where the Facebook page is since you're watching there or on the website. Praise the Lord. Hey, we are. I'm. i been really excited about uh, today and this morning. Um, we have uh, a good friend, Pastor Dave Owen, going to come and bring um, the word. He's also going to come and share a little bit about the ministry, um, Great Commission Media Ministries. Before we do that though, we do want to um, uh, receive uh, the, our tithes and offerings this morning. And um, you know we know how to do that. There's lots of ways to give. You can you can um, give right now in the bag. Some of you like I, I don't have you know my, don't have my checkbook. Some of you says I've never owned a checkbook. Um, you can you can put it in the box. Um, you can do it online. There's different ways. The website has a place, and there they are right up there. And so if you can read that, then you can give. Because I can barely read that. But as you can text it. You can do it online. Um, but you know we give. We're just giving back out of a portion of what he's blessed us with. And so we're just gonna pray for the offering, and we are gonna receive a second offering at the end for Great Commission Media Ministries, specifically. And so um, you, you'll hear a little bit about the, the ministry, and so, but we're just gonna, gonna pray for the tithes and offerings, Um is be blessed. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for everything that you've blessed us with. You've given us um, everything, Lord. You've even given us the ability to work and to gain income. So, Fathers, we um, bring our tithes to you as we bring an offering to you, God. We pray that you would bless it. Father, you would help us to uh, give joyfully and release that, Lord. And I pray uh, that your word is true that says that when we give of our tithes, God, when we bring our tithes to the storehouse, that you will pour out a blessing upon us, God, Um, that that you will um, be faithful as you said you would be, God. Even your word says that you would be pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give uh, unto you. Father, we even claim that promise that you will provide however you see fit. So bless this offering. Further the kingdom work here at the Journey Church, God, in the ministries and the missions that we're connected to locally, God, uh, throughout uh, the state, the states, God, throughout the world in the different parts that we're connected to, Father, we, we pray even and, and lift them up in prayer in different parts of, of the nation, God, of um, rather in Africa and, and Mexico and Guatemala Father, um, throughout the Latin American-speaking countries, God, throughout the former Soviet Union and throughout the Middle East, where Great Commission Media Ministries is is just doing an amazing work. Bless all the missionaries and all the work in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come, gentlemen, and relieve us of our tithes and offerings. Amen. Ah, So Really, oh, there, w- there was one announcement, and um, that is simply um, on behalf of, of IYG, uh, Jesse and, and IYG Youth Group. They wanted to thank you so much for all the hard work that you guys put in to that, the yard sale. Um, and I know everyone had a part in it. They either brought things to sell, they, they worked, um, they, they helped set up, they went through bags of clothing. I mean, bags and bags of clothing got sorted out before the, beforehand trips to the front trips back to the back trips to the dump thank you for coming after it was all free and picking the stuff up that that you wanted to get for free i even thank the guy who um, saw the stuff in the parking lot last week after we were done and everything was for free they were supposed to come and take stuff the guy who came and dropped off stuff and put it in the parking lot want to thank him too if you're watching that was awesome i drove into the parking lot there's a truck and i'm like oh good he's picking something up instead there were more chairs in the parking lot so, I, I, and, I, and I'm serious, I thank him, because I liked the chairs, and so we put them into the cafe. So, hey! Anyways, but, um, but you know, it was, it's an amazing big week, and it funds the youth ministry at the Journey Church. We raised, you raised, $3,500. You know how many spaghetti dinners you would have had to eat to raise that kind of money? Um, so praise the Lord, and uh, and with that, you know the youth are going on their um, annual, uh, one of their conferences that they go on every year. Um, it's it's I forget what the name of it this year. Do you remember? Is it re- it's the Rethink Conference, right? And it's and it's about it's apologetics. And it's going to teach the kids uh, how to navigate the world that that young people are living in with the change and the changes of the belief systems that's happening around them. How they can navigate and they can defend the Bible and defend their faith, coming against some of these different teachings that are coming against them. Um, you know, I think you know every generation we're like, oh, you know, it's a little bit different, and I wouldn't want to be a teenager today. I tell you, I don't even recognize the world that the teenager are living in today. And and it's so different. But God is raising up a group of young people who will live in their generation and make a difference in their generation and learn how to bring the light of Jesus to them uh, without just going, man, you're all crazy. Because that's what I feel like. I look at them sometimes and go, man, you're all crazy. No, I'm just kidding. I love the youth. Um, And so so be praying for the youth. Be praying for that conference as we go and be praying for the leaders. Any of you have ever taken a youth trip? But be praying for the leaders. Amen. I'm driving the van. Or the big Via. No, I'm not. I, we didn't get the van. No, I think maybe Tyler's driving. Someone else driving. Anyway, so praise the Lord for that. Um, hey, so here we go. We're going to get on to the message. And, um, you know, Pastor Dave Ogren has been uh, coming uh, down to bless our body um, for about 14 or so years now 14, 15 years. Um, he, he was a pastor for many years in, in Iowa and Minnesota and Seattle. Um, and then uh, about 17 or so years ago, he um, he stepped away from pastoring and became part of a ministry. He'll tell you a little bit about Great Commission Media Ministries, where where uh, they are preaching the gospel into the former Soviet Union and into the Middle East. Um, and, and I won't tell much about that because I'm sure he will. But uh, I got to know him through my, our former pastor where I was associate pastor. Um, they had worked together, and so he started coming when I was in Oakdale. And I just fell in love with the man. And um, he must have thought I was okay because he keeps coming. Um, but he followed me all the way down to Big Bear, and he comes every year to just encourage us. Um, he helped us in our transition when we transitioned from the, the former pastor to, to us, and he's been there. Um, my kids have thought of him as Grandpa Dave, and we just love him. You're going to love him, too. So let's welcome Pastor Dave Ogren from Great Commission Media Ministries.
1: Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, you can hear me. Great. Okay, um, um, you. Chapter four. We'll get there in a few minutes. Um, I'll just take a couple minutes to share about Great Commission Media Ministries. I I I see a number of people that I don't know. Isn't that wonderful? I see a lot of people that I do know, and. Uh, uh, Rob and Shannon family, we had a great time yesterday afternoon, evening. Uh, Joe came over, and good good visit with him as well. So uh, I feel very connected here uh, to this church and uh, to the leadership of this church, and just uh, honored honored as always to be back. So Great Commission Media Ministries, this is a ministry based in Finland. So. I'm the only guy on, in the U.S., I've got a big title, uh, U.S. Missions Director for Great Commission Media Ministries. It uh, doesn't mean a whole lot because I'm the only guy here. I, I, I do have a part-time administrative assistant in, in, in Minnesota, but uh, besides that, I'm the one guy in the U.S. We do international ministry all over the world. Um, we've, we, we do three major things. We do an outreach into Russia, uh, that, that goes back forty years, actually, you know uh, Russia and Finland is a thousand miles of border between them, and so our our ministry has targeted Russia ever since our ministry began many, many years ago in Finland um, and uh, we did uh, media campaigns there for a number of years, and then they kicked us out <laughs> uh, secret service and and, and and the Russian Orthodox Church worked together and and, and basically pushed our ministry out of Russia. But we have continued to be able to minister in Russia primarily because of literature. The last couple of years, uh, uh, Vladimir uh, Putin has, has actually created new laws that have limited evangelism. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, it didn't limit literature evangelism. And so we are working out of Siberia, with a large printing company there that used to print exclusively communist materials. Now they've printed six million copies of our follow-up book. that has got life stories in it right from Russia and then very simple evangelism and discipleship materials. That book has been used all over Russia. Um, uh, Andrew Grabovenko, uh, one of the primary leaders in Russia, has told us that that over a million people through this process have come to Christ. So it's, it's a it's a wonderful outreach, and we're grateful for that. Now we're printing hundreds of thousands of Bibles, and New Testaments, and Gospels of John. That's happening right now, even as as we speak. So that's that's a part of our ministry. It's one part. Um, the other part of our is is our media evangelism campaigns. We've done 105 cities all over the world. You'll see on video if we're able to bring it up. Um, okay, so. Uh, You'll, you'll see that we do media campaigns all over the world. Basically what we do is we go into major cities uh, where we've been invited by a significant group of churches. Our last one was in Dar Salaam, Tanzania, in East Africa. So we, 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 uh, we try to go into primarily darker places or places where the gospel is not predominant. And so uh, we were invited by 1,000 churches in the Dar Salaam region uh, and, and they worked with us and, 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 uh, uh, when we go into, into a city, we do, um, we, we coach the, the, uh, the, the, churches in choosing, uh, 20 to 30 of the best testimonies from their culture. Then we do documentaries on each one of those lives, 25 minute life stories, which is a long time. You can tell a lot of, about your life in, in 25 minutes. So, so we, we, uh. We have them talk about what their life was like before they came to Christ, then, then very specifically how they came to Christ and what their life is like now so that they've come to know Jesus. At the bottom of each of those testimonies, there's a website and a phone number. The phone number is connected to a call center. So we train hundreds of people, in some places thousands of people, to staff a call center 24 hours a day, seven days a week, during the month that these programs are on secular television. Not Christian television. We're not trying to preach to the choir, so we go on secular television every night, prime time, all right, for a whole month. We're also on radio with the same testimonies we are on radio. We do billboards, newspaper ads, all kinds of advertising, uh, and then and then it all begins. Um, we also print the book in every city in their language with life stories right in the book uh, from their city. Um You've got about 10 of the life stories in the book and then very simple evangelism materials. And, and so we train people to, to, to actually how to use that book in leading people to Christ. And so every person who calls the call center is followed up live by someone from a local church who lives in that part of the city who actually delivers the book to them and develops a relationship with them with the goal of leading them to Christ. And through this process, we see thousands and thousands of people come to Christ. Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, we had 142,000 calls into the call center. Of those 142,000 people who called, 70% were Muslim. Just surprises. We did not expect that. We weren't looking for that. Um, but, uh, but the church has hit the ground running and they've done all the follow-up. It's been wonderful, wonderful outreach. Praise be <laughs> unto God. So, We've done 105 cities. We did 40 in Russia, and then Nepal, uh, all, over the, all over the world. Um, and, 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 and so uh, our, our next one is Ukraine, uh, right in the war zone. You'll see that right in the war zone of Ukraine, between Russia and Ukraine. There's fighting there on a regular basis. Um, we don't hear much about it on the news anymore, but it's still active. Um, and and we're going right into the war zone. There's two main cities there, and we're going to hit both main cities. The the media will reach on both sides of the border, both the Russian side as well as the Ukrainian side. We'll be only able to do follow-up, however, on the Ukrainian side. So that's our next one. Uh, Following that will will be Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, the capital of Mongolia. Following that will be a national campaign to Thailand. We've got 5,000 pastors and churches who have asked us to come to Thailand to reach the whole nation for Christ in one massive month-long campaign, and they've actually told us it's the first time ever, and we're going to pay for it. So praise be to God. <laughs> Normally we pay for it, but <laughs> but but they're they're going to actually they're going to actually fund it themselves. So we're very very grateful for that as well. Um, so um, our last media campaign was just before COVID. So we've been off of media campaigns for the last year. We haven't been able to do them. Uh, however, as soon as COVID drops enough for us to start Ukraine, that's the first one, and we'll begin that. Uh, the third part of our ministry has been going solid uh, during COVID. doesn't make any difference. We have television studios, state-of-the-art television studios in Finland. And every day, every day, every day, we're doing programming in Finland, but not in Finnish, and not in English, but in Arabic, okay, and Farsi, which is the language of Iran, and Amharic, which is the language of Ethiopia, and, and Somalian, um, uh, and, and so basically what we do is we bring people from those cultures who live in Europe into our studios. They preach, they teach, they do music, they have discussion groups, and we uplink those Now, it used to be 16 satellite networks, now we've added two more. So we're up to 18 satellite networks targeting exclusively the Middle East from Morocco to Pakistan, that whole region between Morocco and Pakistan, um, in in those languages. Um, Iran, of course, uh, speaks Farsi, and so that's one of the main languages we use. Interestingly enough, they also speak Farsi in Afghanistan. So, so, so we've had some outreach into it, into Afghanistan, but now we are uh, we are just beginning now this month to do doing programming in uh, in Dari, which is which is a significant language of Afghanistan. So pray for us for that. We all very concerned about Afghanistan. Um, pray for the Christians in, in Afghanistan. We're hearing horrible stories of Christians who are having to flee to the mountains. F- flee for their lives with their children to escape the taliban so please be praying for that desperate situation that's one of many desperate countries all over the world that need our prayers so uh, appreciate that i do have newsletters in the back and uh, th- this is just a one pager uh just real simple information so feel free to take it as you go out i know a number of you get our newsletter um and if you'd like to kind of keep up on what we're doing on a monthly basis Uh, and you don't get it yet, just sign up, and we'd be happy to send it to you. Um, On the satellite broadcasting, before COVID, we were receiving about 200,000 responses a month from the Middle East. All the way, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, all over. So we opened an office in Egypt, which which the U.S. side of the ministry pays for, 16 full-time workers. And they're responsible for all the follow-up, In the Middle East and and they have contacts all over. So so somebody contacts our ministry from Saudi Arabia. They don't contact them from Egypt, which is where our offices are at. They 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 have contacts in Saudi Arabia who make contact with that person personally. So 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 that's kind of how we do this. So so we were running about 200,000 responses a month before COVID. Then it went to 300,000. Then it went to 350,000. Now we're between 350,000 and 400,000, not people watching, but people who are responding to our ministry. So you talk about drinking out of a fire hose. I mean, it's just amazing. And, and, and so our guys in, in, in Egypt, and we're going to have to up our game there and, and add more staff there because it's just overwhelming. I mean, there's, there's no way they can do it all. So, so please be praying for them. And uh, we're just so grateful that COVID has not stopped the gospel in the Middle East. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So that's Great Commission Media. And, uh, and I've, you know, I've done some international work for them, did, did some media campaigns myself um, in South America uh, and, and, and helped in other places as well. But uh, primarily I do the U.S. thing like this. This morning. All right. All right. Second Timothy chapter four this morning. Are we ready for the word today? Okay. All right. Second Timothy chapter four, verse six. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. Time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Do you love his appearing? Amen. Amen. Father, this morning as we just take a few minutes in your word today, I I pray, O God, that you would speak to us through your word this morning. Speak to me through your word this morning. Speak to each of us through your word this morning, God, I pray. I pray it would be encouragement uh, to our hearts. We're, we're convicted, where conviction is needed, I pray that would come. I pray you would strengthen your people. I pray that 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 God, this would not be a matter of people hearing Dave Ogren, but but God, may they hear you speaking to them through this message this morning. We ask you for that. We pray. That the wind of the Spirit would just move in this room today, in this house today. We welcome your presence. Would you just open your hands to the Lord and just welcome his presence this morning for yourself personally, for your life, for your family, for your situation. God, we open our lives to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So to understand second Timothy chapter four, we've got to go back to acts chapter twenty eight and we're not going to turn there, but I'm just going to talk about it for a minute. Luke writes the book of Acts and he, and he was a doctor, so, so he does an excellent job in giving giving information and he tells us in acts chapter twenty eight about fa- Paul's first imprisonment in Rome all right and so and, and so Paul ends up in Rome in his first imprisonment and and he has he has comparative freedom there which is kind of amazing actually he's under house arrest I'm, I'm sure he didn't expect that to happen but it happened and, and he lived under house arrest for some two years alright so for two years he's under house arrest he's got a guard there but but he's got in fact he pays rent <laughs> he pays for his own place of a prison actually it's kind of an amazing thing and, and, and he's there but, but he's got all this freedom to, to have people come and go and, and, and at times there were large groups of people that would come to his house and so he was still preaching and teaching and ministering right in prison in Rome. Alright? And, and 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 that went on for, for a period of two years. And then amazingly, surprisingly, unexplainably, he is released from prison. Who would have guessed? I mean he didn't I'm sure he didn't think that would ever happen, but he gets released from prison and 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 for three years. He travels again, all right? So he goes to Crete, uh, and he's taken Titus with him, and he says, okay, Titus, this is where you're going to work. You're going to work in Crete. You're going to minister to new believers in Crete. He takes Timothy, and he takes him to Ephesus, and, 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 and he installs Ephesus, as the, uh, Timothy, as the new pastor in Ephesus. He, he goes to Colossae and, and he meets his old buddy Philemon and he, and he spends some time in Colossae. He goes to Philippi and there he writes two books. W- well, actually letters, but they're books for us. First Timothy and Titus. He writes First Timothy to Timothy, who is now in Ephesus pastoring, and he, and he, and he writes Titus to Titus, who's now in Crete. All right? You following me? All right. So, so, so this is the process. Uh, he probably winters in a place called Nicopolis. Uh, there's, there's a reference that maybe he even went to Spain, according to Romans chapter 15. He travels back to Ephesus, and then eventually ends up in a city called Troas. And, and, and while he's there, he's visiting a good friend of his by the name of Carpus, and while he's visiting Carpus, he's rearrested. We don't know how, or why, or... What happened? But it happened really fast. He had no time to even grab a coat, books, nothing. All right? He's taken back to Rome. But this time he's not under house arrest. This time he's in a dark dungeon called the Mamertine Prison. And, 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 and there's a hole in the ceiling for light and, and for ventilation. Nobody knows where he's at. And there's a guy in Rome who, who's a believer, who's a Christian, who's a friend of Paul's. He wants to find him and he searches for him diligently and eventually he finds Paul. And Paul is chained to the wall, he's cold, he's lonely, he's bored, and he's already had his preliminary hearing. Okay? So 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 he talks about that at the end of, of 2 Timothy chapter 4 in verse 16, where he says at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me, may not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed to all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Isn't that interesting? So, so more than likely, he thought in his first hearing, they were going to throw him into the Colosseum, and he would be having to fight with lions and be killed by lions. That didn't happen for some reason. He was spared from that. But now he's waiting for his final hearing and he knows what's going to happen. He already knows what's going to happen. They're gonna take him out three miles on the Ostian Way and, 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 and out to a place three miles out where they would behead uh, people and, and, and he knew that was, that was, that was his future. That was what was going to happen, and it was going to happen soon. So he knew that, that, that his, his life here on earth was now very short. So Second Timothy is not this have a nice day kind of letter, okay? This is his final will and testament to a friend of his by the name of Timothy that, he is, that was like a son for him in the ministry, and he had raised him in ministry and traveled... Timothy had traveled with him all over the world. And so these are his final words. All right? Most people don't get an opportunity to write your final words, but but he he got that opportunity. And in his final words, these are the things that stood out in, in Paul's mind. When he thought about his own life and what he wanted to share with Timothy, this is what he shared. He said, I have fought a good fight. I fought a good fight. And of course, we know what the word fought means. It means to enter a contest, to contend with an adversary, to struggle and strive with strenuous zeal. And you do it with a goal. You never enter a fight anticipating to lose. You enter a fight anticipating to win, right? Okay, so how many of you guys like UFC, you know, some of that stuff? Yeah, I do too. So, So, you know, so I... I some of you women say, oh, roll your eyes. It's like, how crazy is that? But, you know, we, we do like that kind of stuff. Well, Paul is a guy, all right? And he says, I fought a beautiful fight. Is what is actually the words he uses here. I fought a beautiful fight. It's interesting to me. That's, the, that's one of the significant things. As Paul looked back on his life, what he saw was he was. He had a life of spiritual warfare. <laughs> all right? He had a life of spiritual warfare and he had won the victory. All right? How many know we're in a war zone? You know, this is this is not this is not a picnic. This is this is a war zone. And we're all in it. We all are in in a war zone. We're all in the fight. We're We're all in this spiritual battle. In fact, the book of Ephesians, he talks about that. Ephesians chapter 6. And this is is how he expresses it. Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 10. Finally, be strong in what? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. All right? Why does he say that? Because you're not going to win the battle by your own strength and your own power. You're not going to win the battle because you know so much scripture or because you've been a Christian for 30 years or because uh, of, of XYZ. No, 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 no. You're going, to be, you're going to be victorious in the midst of battle because you are strong in the Lord. Your confidence, we walk on our knees every day. We have to have this sense of dependence upon the Lord, uh, how much we need Him. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord, power of His might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. So, so he says, we wrestle. You know what that word wrestle there means? It means hand-to-hand combat. Okay? And that's the reality. Now that, that's normative. Listen to me. That's normative Christian living is to feel pressure. It's to feel the battle. Okay? In the midst of that, Satan's gonna come to you and say, you know, if you were who you were supposed to be, if you were the Christian you ought to be, you wouldn't be experiencing this pressure. Paul says, No, 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 no. No, no, I fought a good fight. I'm, I was in the battle to the end, okay? And I fought a beautiful fight. Now, now Paul also tells us here in Ephesians chapter 6 that there are some days more evil than others. How, how many have experienced an evil day or two? You know, I mean, we, we all have experienced evil days, you know. And some days aren't, aren't quite so bad, right? You know, where, where you don't feel that pressure, but 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 there are days where we do feel real darkness, real darkness, and he says here that 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 the only way you're going to be able to stand in the evil day is by standing in the Lord, in the power of His might. Now. Like I said, there, there are some days that are more evil than others. But we all experience this. Now, where, where is the primary battle in your life and my life? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, Paul makes clear where, where that is. In verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, but we have divine power to destroy strongholds. We therefore... We, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. We destroy strongholds. Why? Because we don't walk according to the flesh, all right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, But we have divine power to destroy strongholds. And those strongholds are where? Right here. It's right in our mind. Our biggest battlefield is right here. Right here. And we bring every thought. We bring every thought into captivity to obey Christ. Which tells me, pastor, that you are going to have thoughts that aren't of God. I'm going to have thoughts that aren't of God. You're going to have thoughts that aren't of God. And so what what are you going to do with those thoughts? You are going to bring those thoughts into captivity to obey Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it in your own strength, but you can do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? And you and I need to be aware of our propensity, our weakness, are you aware of where you're weak? Huh? Are you aware? I hope you are. You know, if you're not aware of where you're weak, you're, you're going to be in big trouble. You're going to get hit by a 2.4 two on the side of your head and not realize where it's coming from. But, but if you are aware of where you're weak, when it comes, when that thought comes, you're able to say, I know what that is. <laughs> and I'm going to stand against that in the name of Jesus. I'm going to bring that thought into captivity to obey Christ. I am going to destroy this potential stronghold that would come against me in the name of Jesus. So what I'm just talking about here, this is normal Christian living. This is not abnormal. This is not you're somehow very unspiritual if you're experiencing some of these kinds of things. No, 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 no. No, they, 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 it, it, it's as normal as breathing for you to experience this kind of thing, but you can be victorious in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm, now, now I just want you to bow your heads with me right now. It's, I, I don't have to be prophetic to say this. I know that some of you right now, this morning, you're under spiritual attack in your life. It, 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 maybe it's a, a, a season of spiritual attack. Sometimes it goes on for quite a while. Sometimes it's momentary spiritual attack in your mind in your heart in your thinking whatever but this morning you are under you are under spiritual attack but you are going to cast these strongholds down in the name of jesus if that's you just just raise your hand just raise your hand. look at this you're not looking i am hands all over this place why because this is normal christian living there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing unspiritual about you no no this is this is real I had a spiritual attack this morning during worship. I had thoughts enter my mind that I had to fight against in the name of Jesus. I thought, this is crazy. Here I am in the midst of worship. Pastor Rob and the team's doing a great job. I'm enjoying the presence of God. And I got this weird thought that just came into my mind. And I'm going to cast it out in the name of Jesus. Amen? Because I want God to be proud of me. (laughs) That I'm standing with him, and I'm standing against this in Jesus' name. Amen? Mm -hmm. All right. So, So raise your hands to the Lord. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every demonic spirit, over everything that would come against your people right now, in Jesus' name. We take authority over it in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, God, that even right now, we are fighting a beautiful fight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we claim victory right now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a clap offering. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you can walk out of here with your head high. You're not focusing on, man, you know, this or that. No, let go of it. Greater is he that is in you that he is in the world. The devil wants to ruin your ear and say, you know, you fought this battle over and over again. You're never going to be free. Don't believe the lie. You keep fighting the good fight. You keep resisting that in the name of Jesus. Don't give up. All right. That's number one. All right. Here we go. All right. Sorry. All right. All right. And so, so I fought a good fight. Number two, I have finished the race. I've finished the race. I've ran the race to the end. I've carried it out to conclusion. What's he talking about? He's talking about his course of life. What God had called him to. What God had called Pastor Rob to, what God has called me to, are different. And by the way, there are different... Races in different seasons of our life. You know, some of you may be retired, okay? It's a different season than when you were working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. It's a different season in your life. But but you know what? You have a race to run now. How many are yet still breathing? (laughs) Still breathing? Still got a pulse? All right. You got a race to run. You got to figure it out. What is that? Well, to figure it out, you've got to get quiet before God. You're not going to figure out what your race is by, by just running in circles. You know, I, 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 I wrote down a quote, and I, I just really like this. Leighton Ford said this, In perpetual motion, I can mistake the flow of my adrenaline for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a good statement? In perpetual motion, I can mistake the flow of my adrenaline for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Man, how many times have I done that?
2: Ooh, this is this is what I should be doing.
1: Oops, <laughs> maybe not. All right. So, all right. So, so, so we need to get quiet before God. Which means, okay, how many got one of these things? Okay, uh, okay. You need to you need to turn it off. Don't don't even let it be on vibrate. Turn it off because if it's on vibrate, then it's going to be in your pocket, and you're going to think, oh man, who's that? Oh yeah, I need to respond to that. You know, so so it's very distracting, huh? All right, so so you got to get quiet. You got to, I, I mean, if we're not careful, you jump in your car, music is on, or or news, or whatever, sports, and I like all of it. Okay, and I I could easily get sucked into all that. You know, so uh, so we got to be careful, and, and and we have to have time. Where, where we don't have all the external noise in our life so that we can hear the voice of God so that we're not detoured from the race God wants us to run. It's very important that we do that. And so, so we, need to, we need to run this race. In fact, he talks about it in 1 Corinthians 9 where he says, run with self-control. Do, do not run aimlessly. Don't just run in circles. Don't box like you know, just kind of beating, beating around the air. It doesn't work that way. You gotta, you gotta know how to punch. You gotta know where you're throwing your punch. All right. You gotta know that. You gotta know what you're fighting. You gotta know what you're against, and you gotta know what you're for. So, so, so we gotta know what we're running, where we're running, and what we're doing. Okay, and that's extremely important, and. It, The book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in in chapter 12 says, lay aside weights and sins which easily beset us. That again goes back to our propensity. What, What besets me, what besets you, okay? Run with endurance your race. I'm so glad it's not comparative. Your race is not my race. God isn't requiring you to run somebody else's race. You don't have to be somebody you're not. God made you the way that you are. Satan wants to put that down. It says, you're nothing. You're nobody. You'll never amount to anything either. That's not true. That's not the way God looks at your life. He looks at your life just the opposite. So lay aside not only sin, but weights. And, and by the way, people end up quitting their race for stupid. Huh? Huh? You know, I offend Rob. And so he says, Dave offended me, so I'm going to quit the ministry. Now, how stupid is that? Right? How stupid? That, that happens all the time. People, people say, you know, I thought this person was such a wonderful Christian, and I found out that they, you know, robbed a bank <laughs> or whatever, you know. It's kind of like, you know. All right, well, I'm going to just give up on Christianity. Well, forget about that. That's stupid. Right? Run your race. Don't lose, don't, don't lose sight of what God is calling you to do. There, other people are going to do X, Y, Z. You can't control that. Learn boundaries in your own life and recognize that, that God has called you to do certain things and he has not called you. You can't do everything. You can't. Every church, this church can't do everything. You've got to figure out who you are, what God has made you to be as a church, and do it with excellence. All right? Great, great, great commission media, we don't do everything. We don't build hospitals. We don't, we don't uh, build up Bible colleges. Are those important ministries? Of course they are. Somebody's got to do it, but that's not what God has called us to do. We are a seed-planting ministry. So we plant the seed of the gospel in difficult places all over the world through media. That's what we do. Television, radio, you know, satellite television. You know, that's what we do. Because that's what God has called. So that's our lane. You've got to figure out what your lane is. Stay in your lane and run it. And be what God has called you to be. And do what God has has called you to do. Um, there was a guy by the name of Zuzia. He was a rabbi, Jewish rabbi. He said this. In the coming world, they will not ask me, why were you not Moses? But why were you not Zuzia? <laughs> Pastor Robin and I were talking last night about this, about, you know, When I stand before God, I don't want the Lord to say to me, Dave, yes, you're in the kingdom. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your sins are forgiven. You're a child of God. Welcome into my house. However, I had this for you. But you got distracted. You didn't hear my voice in that particular area. And I had so much more for you if you would have just been open to do what I wanted you to do. I don't want him to say that to Dave Wolverine. I don't want him to say that to you. I want him to say, man, you nailed it! You did exactly what I wanted you to do. You know? Not perfect. Paul never talks about perfect. He doesn't talk about doing it perfectly. He says, I fought a good fight. It wasn't a perfect fight, it was a good fight. He finished his race. It's not that he ran it perfectly, but, it, but he finished. He finished. You know, I'm an old dog, I'm 72 years old. So I've been around the block, and I've seen a lot of guys start running races spiritually. You know, they got the new shoes, the new outfit, they look great, you know, for a block or a mile. But they don't finish. It's sad. There's there's some people who have ran a long time and at the very end of the race, whew, they get out in the desert somehow. Isn't it sad? I mean there's 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 all kinds of old testament examples. New Testament examples of that. Second Chronicles chapter 16, there's a king by the name of Asa who served God faithfully for 36 years. But after 36 years, he's, he enters into a covenant with Syria. And so a particular prophet in Israel comes to him by the name of Hanani and, 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 and he confronts him and he said, that was wrong, you shouldn't have done that. Well, Asa, instead of humbling himself and taking responsibility for that and said, you're absolutely right. I need to repent of that. That that was a wrong decision. Instead of doing that, he becomes defensive and he becomes angry and he becomes bitter and he never recovers. He never recovers. It's tragic. Tragic. Joash, 40 years faithful to the Lord. He's mentored by a guy by the name of Jehoiada who was a priest for 40 years. But then Jehoiada dies. His mentor dies, and, 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 and young princes begin to influence him to abandon the Lord. God faithfully sends prophets. He doesn't listen to them. Finally, the son of Jehoiada, his name was Zechariah, not the Zechariah who wrote the book of Zechariah, but this particular Zechariah, who is the son of Jehoiada, who who Joash was raised with. They were raised like brothers. Zechariah is moved on by the Holy Spirit, and he he comes into the presence of the king, and he confronts him concerning him going the wrong direction. And and Joash, instead of listening to Zechariah, who, who is like a brother to him, he actually approves of, of, of Zechariah being stoned to death. And 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 Joash ends after forty years of serving God faithfully, he ends his life his life ends horribly. And I could go on. Uzziah 52 years. Fifty-two years. I, I mean here here's a guy who, who served God faithfully for fifty-two years. And, and and God uses him wonderfully. He he he's a farmer he, he, he's a creator, he creates uh, uh, instruments of war, he does all this thing. Israel is in a time of, of, of prosperity and freedom and, and things are going very well. And, 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 and what happens to Uzziah, he goes into the temple and he takes the, the incense to offer it before the Lord and, and it's, it's like a movie. 80, 80 priests run in. 80 priests run in with the high priest. And they're bam, 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 bam. bam. They're all running into the temple. And they confront him. And they say, don't do this. This is not for you to do. This is for the priest to do. Not for you as king. And he holds up the incense burner. And they look at Uzziah. And their eyes get big. And they all begin to back off. Because now Uzziah has. Leprosy that breaks out on his forehead, and he dies a leper. Those are just three examples. We could go on and on and on. Many examples biblically of those who who serve God faithfully for a long time, but at the end, and see, see, this relates to me. This came out of my devotional's uh, life uh, uh, months ago. This this whole I was reading through that portion of. Of, of the Bible and it just began to speak to me about Dave Ogren's life and it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference how long you've served God. It doesn't make any difference how much you know. It doesn't make any difference all that you've experienced. What makes the difference is that you finish. That you finish. Father, we want to finish. We want to finish strong. We want to run through the tape. We don't want to get distracted by people or circumstances or opportunity or whatever. Help us to finish our race. So Paul says, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. And I kept the faith. The word kept there means to guard, it's a military term, it means to guard with watchfulness. And he's talking not about his personal one-on-one faith with Christ. He's talking about the Word of God. He's talking about the basis of truth, the biblical absolutes that were true a thousand years ago will be true a thousand years from now if the Lord shares. True in every culture, biblical absolutes work everywhere, all right? That's what he's talking about. And he said, I guarded those things. I guarded those things. We're living in a day where many, many who followed the truth of God's word faithfully for years are now backing away. I said, well, maybe not. Maybe the scripture doesn't really mean that anymore. Paul talks about it, 2 Timothy 4. The time is coming when they will not endure sound doctrine. 1st Timothy 4 verse 1. In the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. It's happening today, folks. It's happening today. Jude 4. Certain people have crept in unawares who have perverted the grace of God into sensuality. So... We need, to, we need to be like Paul. We need to fight a good fight. We need to finish our race. And we need to say, I'm going to stay true to God's word no matter what. We haven't had to pay much of a price in this country to this point. We may one day. I don't know. I'm not looking for persecution. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> no, not looking for it. But it may come. And if it comes, we need to know what mountains we're going to die on. We need to know what is truth and where people have room. Okay? I I mean, because the scripture is clear. Not everything is a biblical absolute. How many know that not everything you think is important is important to God? How many know that? (laughs) It really isn't. You know, not everything. You go, Oh well, that's very important. Well, okay, God says okay, that's important to you, but that's not a biblical absolute. But we need to know what they are. All right, and we need to know where we need to stand. You know, I I'll just use this as an illustration as I as I'm closing. I'm a little over here. Um. Friend of my pastor's a church out in the Seattle area, and and, and it's a large church. and he, and, and he said, uh, he stood before his congregation, and, and he said, "You know, there's some people in our church that said, uh, if everybody doesn't mask, we're not coming back." And then he said, "I have other people in my church who said, if people mask in this church, we're not coming back." You know, I mean, you can't win. So so he, he said, guess what? You're all adults. <laughs> and you have your own head and your own heart. And we're not going to tell you what to do. You know, Romans 14. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. There are many areas where you have the ability to choose. We are not cookie cutter Christians where everybody's got to just March like this, and we do everything the same because we're all this. No, 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 no. You, how many are glad that, that God has given you a brain and the ability to make your own decisions? There's lots of areas where you can make all kinds of personal decisions, and God say You have the. You know, God, God doesn't care if you like romaine lettuce or leaf lettuce. You don't have to stand at the grocery store and say, Oh, God, what do I take? He says, Come on, just take what you want. It doesn't make any difference. So, so there's lots of areas where we have choices and freedom. But then there are biblical absolutes that you've got to be willing to die for. And Paul says, I hung on to those. I hung on to those. Father, I pray you'll help us to know the difference. Help us to know the difference. Lord, I pray for all of us that we would We'd fight a beautiful fight. (laughs) I pray for all of us this morning, Lord, that you'd, You'd help us, Lord Jesus, to finish our race. I want to finish mine. I want all of us to finish ours. Help us, Lord, to not just go 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, but God, may we run the race to the very end like Paul did. And may we remain true, to the biblical absolutes of Scripture, no matter what. In the name of Jesus, I pray your blessing over this church. I pray your blessing over Pastor Rob and Shannon, the leadership of this church. I pray blessing upon Joe and Mickey, the the elders of this congregation. I pray your hand would be upon this church and that they would run their race as well corporately. You've called them to run. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bless you. <laughs> huh? oh. oh, yeah, you could. Be a you you,
0: come back. I'll do that.
1: You, you guys wanna see a five minute video? You got time for five minutes? Okay, if you don't, know, you can walk out. But I'm, I mean, it's a five minute video. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: At Great Commission Media Ministries, we are committed to spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. By using creative media and cutting edge technology, we are taking the gospel not only to modern megacities, but also to the most inaccessible regions of our world. In addition, from our base of operations in Finland, we broadcast 1000 programs every year using 16 satellite TV channels to reach deep into the most closed countries of our world with the gospel. From Morocco and North Africa, across the Middle East to the border of Pakistan and Asia, we are able to reach over 700 million viewers in the heart of the Islamic world. We receive over 200,000 responses a month, which are followed up by our call centers and teams in these regions. Great Commission Media Ministries uses megacity media campaigns as its key strategy to fulfill the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. To date. These megacity media campaigns have profoundly impacted over 100 megacities on four continents, reaching over 400 million people. Each campaign consists of a full package of secular media, including television, radio, daily newspapers, outdoor ads, social media, evangelism books, and an all-important call center to collect the response. The media showcases powerful, locally chosen transformation stories from each target city. In recent campaigns in Tanzania and South Sudan, we have seen unexpected results. In Tanzania, working with 1,000 churches, 142,000 people responded to the gospel message and are now the focus of intense follow up. Long after the campaign, the call center was still receiving over 100 calls per day from people seeking new life in Jesus. According to statistics from local media agencies, in just one month, 15 million Tanzanians were reached with the gospel in the process churches on the ground used the tailor-made evangelism book that showcased powerful locally chosen transformation stories from their city millions of illiterate South Sudanese and thousands of villages were reached using 20,000 solar-powered pre-recorded digital audio players with local transformation stories chosen from inside war-torn Sudan. One audio player connected to a simple megaphone was used to reach up to 500 illiterate people in a single village. South Sudan President Kir Mayajardi personally endorsed the GCM media campaign on national television and radio. The commander-in-chief of the armed forces was convicted by the Holy Spirit and responded by asking for counseling and prayer as he repented of his sins. He had been responsible for the mass killings of hundreds of thousands of civilians. One year after the campaign, the police and the Ministry of Interior of South Sudan reported a 40% drop in crime in the capital city, Juba. In East Ukraine, our target area is a 400-mile stretch of war zone occupied by Russian forces. It is an area of military activity dotted with cities, towns, villages in total isolation. Using diverse media, our goal is to reach 6 million people living on both sides of the conflict zone. In Mongolia, our target city is Ulaanbaatar. Here we will use all available media to reach 1.5 million Mongolians for Christ. Most of these people have no idea who Jesus is. Again, the primary campaign tool in the hands of the local church is the Power to Change Evangelism book containing 12 powerful local stories of transformed lives of Mongolians in their mother tongue. And then one of our biggest challenges yet will be Thailand. We will be working with 5,000 pastors and churches to reach the nation's 69 million people in one enormous media campaign. Only 1% of the people of this beautiful land are Christian. So there is much work to be done. Great Commission Media Ministries uses today's tools of mass media in high-impact megacity media campaigns. But the printed word continues to be a powerful tool. In Siberia, we have printed over 6 million copies of our flagship evangelism book called Experiencing the Power to Change. The books have been used all over Russia where over 1,500 house churches have been planted to date. There will be no greater reward for our earthly lives than the reward of knowing that we have been instrumental in leading thousands millions of people to Jesus Christ and reaching our generation in a way that we probably could never have done alone. But together, we're doing it. And you are sending us. Become a partner with Great Commission Media Ministries in the fulfillment of the Great Commission of Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and your support.
0: going to go directly in, uh, to Great Commission Media Ministries um, to further the gospel and to keep Dave out there, um, you know, going to churches, preaching and then and then everything going to Great Commission. So um, bless you. Let's pray for that offering and pray for the work that's happening. Heavenly Father, God, we uh, are so grateful that you put on the hearts, God, of people like Hanu to uh, uh, spend their life running their race to bring the gospel to difficult areas, to nearly impossible areas. God, we thank you that you've breathed upon that and anointed that to reach so many and that so many have come to faith over that. As we give into this uh, special offering, we pray you it would be blessed. God, I pray that wherever Dave would go and make people aware of what's happening in the Middle East and happening in Russia, happening in Africa uh, and through the ministry, God, that you would cause people's hearts to turn, uh, um, to, turn to you to turn towards missions and evangelism, and also to turn and bless this ministry in particular, God. Um, We thank you for all that you're doing and that continue to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. And, um, hey. Was he good? Amen. Were you challenged? Were you encouraged? Um, It's always a good word. It's a... it's wonderful to get a, a fresh word, a good word from, from a land far away. And so um, be praying for the ministry, be praying for him as he goes, his lovely wife, Colleen, who we have still yet to meet someday. If not, I guess we'll get to know her in heaven. And, um, but uh, uh, pray for one another, and, and I encourage grab somebody, to go out to lunch with, fellowship with one another, and, and boy, these, the kids next door are like, please let us go. So you're dismissed. Amen.